Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady! Ed Grady. I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines. Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. Did you see this clip of Jalen Rose trying to hit a golf ball? Is that who that was? I just I saw thought that was somebody Rose. in a Lions jersey swinging at a golf ball. Why is it so zoomed in? And they looked worse than Charles Barkley. I mean, he put about six divots in the ground yeah, in front of the ball until Jack Nicholas came and helped him. Is there? He... Is there? A, why are people that are athletic unable to swing a golf club? No, because typically question. you gotta have the clubs like designed for your height. No, 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 no. They walk out there and can't swing the thing. It doesn't matter what size club is. Jalen Rose was putting divots six feet away from yeah. the ball. I don't understand that. Like, it can't be that hard to, like, learn how to swing something, right? I feel like if you were an athlete, you should at least have a semi-competent working off golf the or golf swing. Well, Jack, Jack Nicholas came up to him, told him a little pointer, and then he hit it, like, 20 feet in front of him. But he actually hit the ball. I just like I can, contact. Un- I can understand if you swing a golf club and it, maybe it doesn't go very far or you slice it right. You don't hit it straight. Something like that. That's fine. But the amount of athletes that you see that just cannot swing a golf club, I feel like that should hit the be, ball. Right. That should be easy, shouldn't it? For someone who was such a great athlete in right. his time, I know it's not all. It does like Jalen Rose dunking a basketball doesn't translate to swinging a golf club, but I feel like there's enough coordination in playing in the NBA that you could just, yeah, this is how you swing a golf club. This is pretty normal. I don't know. I'm just amazed yeah, that we see kid, athletes. I gave the kid credit for trying. Oh, jeez. Uh, what are you, coaching seven-year-olds? Yeah. Well, I used to. <laughs> we gave a lot of credit. You were harder on them, I bet, than Jalen Rose. <laughs> uh, have you heard the stories? <laughs> <laughs> Poor kids. The first bite. Unfortunately, not about golf. <sighs> Can the Golden Knights make the playoffs if Mark Stone isn't healthy to start the season? Can they make him with him? <laughs> so that might be a better <laughs> I think that's right. a legitimate right. question. So, all right, let's 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 go through what happened yesterday. There was a story at NHL.com, right? Not, not an independent media outlet. This was a story from NHL.com, the league's own website. And the story was actually about Jack Eichel and Bruce Cassidy, mostly about Jack Eichel coming back. Can he be what he was? But in that story, Jackie Spiegel, the writer, wrote that Mark Stone was going to miss training camp after undergoing back surgery. It was almost kind of a throwaway. Right. It was just put in there like, hey, hey, Stone's out, but Eichel feels good. Like it was just, it wasn't the main part of the story. And so throughout the morning yesterday, people reading the story were like, wait a minute, Mark Stone's missing training camp? Yeah. That's that's new. Like, we, we knew he had surgery in May. The Golden Knights announced that. They announced exactly what surgery he was having, too. But at the time, Kelly McCrimmon had said they expected him back for training camp. Right. He was expected to be here for training camp. So it was like, whoa, that's, that's news. That's a new story there. And obviously, it's your captain. And if he's missing training camp, that, that's a pretty big deal. Gary Lawless who works for the Golden Knights, then sent out this tweet. Lots of chatter about Mark Stone's availability for training camp, and some of it may have gotten twisted. While VGK has said Stone would be ready for the regular season, that does not mean that he's expected to miss training camp. 
simple miscommunication there. What the hell did that, what was that tweet supposed to mean? I don't know because because when he says when he says stone ready for the regular season, that doesn't mean he's expected to miss training camp. What does one have to do with the other? Right, because Gary Lawless sent out that tweet, and again, works for the team. He works for the Golden Knights. When I read that, I read it like six times trying to figure out what he was trying to say there. I even tweeted at him. Does this mean he's play? He's going to be at training camp or not? I think Gary Lawless was being intentionally vague and intentionally misleading. Because that tweet does not say Mark Stone will be ready for training camp. That is not what that tweet says. That tweet simply says, ah, maybe. He might be there for training camp. He might not be. Like, that, I think he was intentionally being vague and misleading to try to tell every. He was trying for people to read that and think, oh, Stone's fine. But in reality, he didn't say Stone's fine. He didn't say Stone was going to be there for training camp. He just said, well, he might be there. He might not be there, but I don't really know. And then we had the NHL.com writer who wrote the original story came back and updated her story because a team source said that Stone, his availability was questionable at the start of training camp, but is expected to participate at some point. So she changed her story. Yes. Which still does not sound like Mark Stone will participate in training camp. At least in the beginning. Right. (laughs) So what I think happened here is Jackie Spiegel, the writer for NHL.com, is doing this story on Jack Eichel and on Bruce Cassidy. And at some point when she's, because there are quotes from both of them, so she interviews both of them. At some point when she's talking to them, one of them says something about Mark Stone Stone not being there for training camp. And so she put it in her story because she probably just thought that it was common knowledge and Bruce Cassidy or Jay, yeah, it was just a throwaway throwaway line Mark Stone won't be there for training camp one of them said something to make her think that Eichel wouldn't or that Stone, Stone would not there be at training camp for training camp and then when that news gets out the Golden Knights go into panic mode and they have their employee Gary Lawless send out a well maybe he will maybe he won't and then somebody from the Golden Knights talks to that writer and says hey um he's questionable for the start of there's training no question camp. someone from the Golden Knights called her and so all of this over is Stone going to be there for training camp or not? And at the end of the day, you know what the Golden Knights never said? Mark Stone will be available for training camp. Right. They never said that, which to me says Mark Stone is not going right. to be there for training camp. And they're horrified to say that out loud because they're always horrified to say injury news out loud. So everything that happened yesterday, the most confusing injury report slash non-reporting, I think at the end of the day, the Golden Knights are afraid to say Mark Stone is healthy or not healthy, which to me implies Mark Stone is not going to be there for which training camp. is why so frightened because of what happened last year because they already said that back in May that McCrimmon said he would be ready for training camp. So Kelly McCrimmon on May 16th, Kelly McCrimmon said, this was before Stone actually had a surgery, McCrimmon said Mark Stone will quite likely have back surgery and would be available for training camp. Right, He said that in May, that Stone's going to have the back surgery, but no worries. He'll be here for training camp, right? Said that in May. We're a few months later, and now all of a sudden it's, uh, he's questionable, right? Maybe he's not going to be there at all, but the Golden Knights are afraid to say exactly what it is. And if you look now at the last seven or eight months of the Golden Knights, right? They trade for Jack Eichel, who's already hurt. And then from that point forward, it seems like they have an injury every other day. Right. Right. To where they have brutal injury 
uh, run through the end of the season. Missed the postseason. Okay, we're going to keep this team as much together as we can. Obviously, there's got to be some cap moves. But, hey, the Golden Knights are going to be healthy next year, and the team's going to be fine. Robin Leonard, double hip surgery, out for the season, out of nowhere. Now, Mark Stone had to have back surgery, missing training camp. We haven't even gotten to training camp, and two of the most important players on the team are now, one's not going to play, and one... Who the hell who knows? knows? Who, who knows how long he's going to be out? And if you're the Golden Knights, that looks terrible because if you're going into the season all of a sudden, no Robin Leonard, and now potentially Mark Stone is not available, not 100%, whatever, big question mark there. This team's not going to the playoffs. I mean, I don't, like I said in the beginning, I don't know if they do with him. <laughs> uh like, but what it, it, certainly, it certainly hurts. Yeah, yeah, it certainly hurts. I don't look. That was kind of facetious because I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. They haven't even started the season. Um, but I mean, but right, you're right. It's, it's not even we, Hanukkah. We got like two months. Who else is going to be hurt before <laughs> the season gets here? Who else is going to be there? And so, okay, here's the other part of this. Here's the timeline for the Golden Knights off season right now. The training camp starts September 21st. Preseason games start September 25th. Uh, they end October 8th, and the season starts October 11th. So if Mark Stone misses just just the start of training camp on September 21st, do we believe he's going to be ready to go on October 11th? That's basically three weeks later. You mean if he misses all of training camp? Well, if if he comes back halfway through training camp, is he 100%? Uh, probably not. But if he comes back halfway through training camp, I would guess he'd be ready for the first seat game, right? If he has all of or halfway training camp. I don't know if he'd play in those preseason games. Right. He might be Derek Carr. Hold him out. So... I guess my thoughts on Mark Stone is if he's not there on day one of training camp, he's either a missing the start of the regular season or B he's probably playing at less than a hundred percent at the start of the regular season, which Mark Stone coming off back surgery, playing at less than a hundred percent doesn't really sound ideal, right? It sounds better than Mark Stone not playing at all, but it doesn't sound like a great plan for the Golden Knights to have their captain and best or second best player not at 100% at the start of the season. Kelly McCrimmon was asked this yesterday after uh, the warning of eight minutes that he was actually going to talk to the media. <laughs> uh, statement comes out and about uh, about um, uh, so many things, and all of a sudden he'll be with you in eight minutes. Uh, I missed that one. Uh, but Ben Goats asked him about it, and he kind of went back at Ben Goats. Right. But, well, that's what you said. It's like Ben Goats is like, he, I'm just following the tweets that everyone's including he, your guy. McCrimmon said something out. to the effect of, you created that confusion yeah. yourself. No, like, I don't no, think no. so. No, no. 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 A, a league reporter said that Stone's going to miss training camp, right. and then the Golden Knights' inability to say Stone will miss training camp or Stone will not miss training camp is what created That's the confusion. That's what created the confusion, not if, Ben Goats. If the Golden Knights had come out and put out a statement that said Mark Stone will be available at the start of training camp or Mark Stone will miss all of training camp or even this, Mark Stone will is questionable for training camp right yeah. now. Is they put totally... out a statement saying one of those three things. Then we're okay. Right. Well, at least it says what's happening. There's no confusion. There's no confusion. I mean, we'd be like, okay, what does questionable mean? Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But the Golden Knights, if they put out a team statement instead of having Gary Lawless tweet the vaguest thing he's ever tweeted in his life, there's no confusion. But when your team reporter, your team employee tweets, well, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to miss training camp. You're just making it worse because nobody knows what the hell that means. Like the Golden Knights, all of, they, they find themselves in this trouble all the time where it's like, 
If you would just like say the truth, not oh, even the whole not truth. Do that with the media. Just a that's little not bit. Happen. Just just a little no, bit. That's not and things happen. would be fine. Like they continue they continue to do this. And they continue well, and they to find will continue to do trouble. this as long as management deals with the media. Right. Sorry. That's what's going to happen. That's what's happened for forever. So they need a press secretary. And that's what's going to happen as we go forward. Sorry. And Ben Ben asked a great question. And to come back at th- that question and say they caused, you know, the media in town caused the confusion is is completely erroneous and wrong. Yeah. And, and someone got to that reporter at NHL.com and said, well, you know, he's really not. We don't know. So she came back and said, a source said, you know, they don't know yet. Right. And that that to me is the key in this whole thing. Forget about Gary Lawless and everything else that happened. That NHL.com reporter. Cassidy or Eichel said something to her that made her think start Stone. Yeah, someone had to say it. she I don't think she she's doing a story on Eichel and Cassidy. Now, I don't know, maybe she asks Eichel what it's gonna be like playing with Mark Stone, and he then says, Well, he's not gonna make training camp or Cassidy right. says that. Maybe she brought up Stone. Yeah. But someone had to tell her, Oh, he's not he's not gonna be ready for training camp. I, I don't Jackie Spiegel's the reporter. I don't never met her, never heard of her until yesterday. I'm going to assume that somebody who has a job writing stories at NHL.com is not somebody that's just going to make up out of nowhere. No, Mark, Mark Stone, Stone is, is not going to be in, not is going to miss training. Somebody said that to her. Yes, somebody said absolutely. that to her. Yes, and that plus the Golden Knights' refusal to say whether or not he'll be available or not basically tells me Mark Stone might he might end up missing all of training camp or the majority of it, whatever that number is. There's a question on August 30th about Mark Stone's health right. going into the start of next season. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some Raiders because is Darren Waller about to get paid? Sure. Haven't been to one of these in a couple of years. We're graced. We're graced. You're looking good. Good. Absolutely. Nice to have you. Honored. Honored. First question. Yeah. You can be shy. Still fun? Love it. Love it. Training camp. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Josina Anderson sent out a tweet yesterday about Darren Waller. My understanding is Raiders tight end Darren Waller is at a deal in discussion that would make him the highest paid at his position in terms of at least the new money at $16 million per year. Per a league source, Waller is currently in the midst of changing representation. Highest paid tight end in How football. How about this? What a what a change of plans by both sides. I guess Clutch isn't feeling very well. <laughs> Hold on. Clutch agency. Can I ask you, what the hell does has had a deal in discussion mean? Was he talking to them? Well, no, because he just let go of Clutch. So if a deal in discussion was $16 million a year, why did he move on from his agent? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I very, I'm a little confused at the wording Josina Anderson used because she didn't say... There's an offer on the table. She didn't say Darren Waller wants this. She said deal in discussion, which makes well, he it better s- want it and make him the highest paid tight end, <laughs> which makes it sound like one of them brought it up at dinner and who knows what was said in response. Like that's that's the, the deal in discussion. Um, so highest paid tight end in football right now on a per year basis is George Kittle, uh, $15 million per year. Kittle did sign a five-year deal when he was 28 years old. Waller turns 30 in like two weeks or something like that. So he'd be a little bit older than when Kittle signed that contract. 
Do you believe the Raiders are about to give Darren Waller a contract that pays him $16 million per season? They might give him that, but I don't think he's getting the years that Kittle did. $15 Remember what happened? million and $1. Remember what happened with um, Carr and Devontae with those kind of contracts that they can get out of them? Yes. It might be structured like that. I mean, do you really think at 30 years old they're giving him five years of $16 million a year? I don't think so. If it is, it's like you said, Adams. They could. It could be like hey, one of those. Hey, we can five get out year of this. deal, but after year one or year yeah, two, yeah, we can get out of this. Yeah, there's no guaranteed money. Right. We can we can hit the eject button if we want to. I believe the Raiders would be dumb to make Darren Waller the highest paid tight end in football. Uh, he is going to make seven million dollars this year, and I think it's eight million dollars next season. And as of right now. We think anyways, Waller's going to play in the regular season on that contract. And if I'm the Raiders, why would I give him, why would I double his money if he's going to play for me? If. Right. Now, and that that might be the key there. If Waller's willing to miss games, then Waller has some leverage. Right. But if I'm the Raiders, and here's the other part of this. We've talked about this with Darren Waller. He is 30 years old, about to be 30 years old, coming off a significant injury. If you make Darren Waller the highest paid tight end in football, you are most likely paying for pass production. Mm -hmm. Darren Waller is probably not going to be a top one or two receiving tight end in football this year, right? And you add to the fact that Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro just got paid. Are you really giving lucrative deals to three pass catchers, right? When you haven't spent any money on your offensive line, are you really committing yourself to big lucrative deals to three different pass catchers? That doesn't seem like the best way to build a roster to give a bunch of money to a 30-year-old tight end coming off an injury. So I think it would be a bad move by the Raiders to make Darren Waller the highest-paid tight end in the Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, given his age, and he has been hurt, and there's injuries this as well. If we believe it, there's been an injury issue this camp. So you're right, along with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, I don't think the numbers are going to be the same as well. Um, I... <laughs> Could they give him sixteen million for this year, like I said, and get out of it? Maybe they right. do that. I could see that. I maybe mean, that makes sense. Maybe you know to give him the sixteen million and to make sure he's paid because he's do what, like you said, fifteen over the next two years. You can give him sixteen with an out clause, like Carr has, and I'd have no problem with that. Yeah, I'd have I, a problem with five years and not having an out clause. The only the only issue with the hey, give him sixteen for this year and then we can get out of it is when the hell are they going to spend some money on the offensive line, <laughs> like? When is that going to happen? And granted, they've got enough cap space that technically they could give Darren Waller yeah. an eleven million dollar raise and still spend still some money offensive line. on an offensive yes. lineman. But we're getting to a point like if they announce today that Darren Waller is getting a raise to sixteen million dollars, I will n- I will officially not believe they are signing an offensive lineman. I'll be like they're not doing it. And if they do, it's going to be a guy making six dollars. What if they do that and they announce that they've let a, a Leatherwood go? Then they, then they don't have any cap space. That's what that I'm saying. Point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They don't have any cap space right. left. That would, that would eat up almost all of their cap space at that point. So, I yeah, if they if they let Leatherwood go plus give Waller $10 million more dollars, left. that's it, right? I mean, they, they can make some like small twenty. Moves. Yeah, 20-something right now. Waller would eat up another 10, and then uh, Leatherwood would be, what is it, 7 for this year? And then there's some more for next year. So they'd still technically have some, but it wouldn't be a significant amount, right? You'd be signing a guy for a million a year or 1.5, something along those lines. Here's my other question on it. And this is where I go back to what the hell does deal and discussion mean? Because if the Raiders 
have offered Waller a deal where he would be the highest paid tight end in football. Why has he not accepted it? It's a great question. I mean, is he is he waiting for this new representation? But if they've already offered it to him, why does he need a new why, agent? Why does he need a new, yeah. why does he need a new agent? That's what this whole in discussion is so vague in, t- in terms of what that means. Yeah. So because I I could so if we're going with the hypothetical of of hey they the way they've structured some of these other contracts maybe they've offered Darren Waller hey here's a four year deal you're going to be the highest paid tight end in football but, but we can get out of it in year one right maybe maybe the Raiders did offer that and Darren Waller's like well. I'd like some more security beyond right. one year, maybe. But even then, if they offered Darren Waller $16 million for this season and could get out of it, Darren Waller would still make more money this season than he would over, over the, next the next two, two. combined exactly. on his current deal. Right. So, so maybe Darren Waller would be like, well, I don't like your little out clause. But he would still be dumb not to take right. that because he's going to make more money this year then than he, he would over the next combined. two combined. So I just... I have a hard time believing that the Raiders are serious about this because if they, if they were, Waller would have well, been signed by now. Like this would say, be a done wouldn't deal. this have been done a long time ago right. with the clutch sports? I mean, what, they couldn't negotiate this if they knew that there was a chance that he could get $16 million? Right. It, like, yeah. It, it Waller dumping his agency doesn't add up to, oh, the Raiders have offered him $16, $16 million. million. It just doesn't. Because if the Raiders offered him that, then Waller would probably still have his agency and he'd probably have the contract signed. Now, maybe we're going to find out, well, the Raiders offered him 16 million, but his agency didn't tell him about it or something stupid like that. And Waller fired Freddie Freeman, right? Exactly. So maybe there's something weird that happened that that caused him to be like, whoa, you guys screwed up here. But I just have a hard time believing everything that we've seen with Darren Waller this off season, that the Raiders have offered that kind of money because he wouldn't, I don't think he would turn it down. And also if the Raiders are willing to do that, why didn't they do it like in May? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. what? Or at the start of training, like, why is it? Oh, the season starts in two weeks. Now let's take care. Like it just, a lot of that doesn't add up or make sense to me. Is so, there any chance it's because he's holding in and we don't know it? I think there's a real chance he's holding in and we don't know it that he, that they haven't said it out loud. Like, especially with the new agency change. I think that absolutely could mean he's holding in because if, what did McDaniel say? He sees him every day. He's in meetings. Well, that if you could be doing right. that and holding in. If you're holding in, you could be do you're there. You probably go to the meetings. You have to, yeah, I mean not to get fined. Right. And then you just don't show up on the field. Right. So very easily could be a hold in and he fired his agency that wasn't telling the media about it. Maybe Darren Waller wants his agency to tell the media about it. I I don't know. We'll see what happens here, but I think there's there's a lot of question marks there about what the hell's happening with Darren Waller and how much or what his contract is going to look like. All right, coming up next. David Roth joins the show. I wonder if SantaCon is the one thing that won't eventually get that reappraisal. Because I remember people used to stun on Guy Fieri like this. And at this point, he's like, everybody agrees that Guy Fieri is like the most important American. Mm-hmm. Like that if he ran for president as on either party with any platform, he would certainly win 60% of the vote. Yes. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. David Roth from Defector joining us now. All right, David, before we get into any sports... Do you have a working stove? Do you have a working dishwasher? Well, the short answer is it's not my problem because I'm in Maine right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm on vacation. Uh, the stove is still working. Uh, we're still trying to figure out when they're going to turn the gas off and why. Uh, but that one is still TBD. Dishwasher, again, you know, uh, I'm several states away. So who's dis- maybe it started working on its own. I don't know. I'm not there. <laughs> 
I doubt it. I d- yeah, it, it definitely. It, it's been like 10 months for me waiting for it to start working on its own. I think I have to be a little more proactive when I get back. Is uh, wherever you're at in Maine, does that have a working dishwasher? <laughs> I'm not going to have a working dishwasher for a really long time. I'm in, a, I'm in the Holiday Inn by the Bay looking out <laughs> at the water. Um, in, in a few days, we're going to drive up and see my father-in-law, and that is not a working dishwasher situation. That is more of a like clearing <laughs> Um, piles of old metal that might have some value <laughs> off of every surface so that you can eat a sandwich sort of situation. But we love them, and, uh, you know, somebody's got to help them clear those piles of metal. So that's us. Hey, that's that's the responsibility with the in-laws. Yeah. What's weird about it is that we are, like, vacationing, but we're not, like, good at, at being on vacation yet. So as soon as I get off, I have to leave the room because my wife's got a work call. I've been, I'm doing a fantasy draft, like, slowly. Like, we did one live on Friday, but all my friends have kids, so, like, by 10 o'clock, they have to be, like, out. So we've just been, like, email corresponding. Like, I drafted Tyler Higby like, 10 seconds before Jared called me. I have eight more picks. Like, so at some point, I'm going to be someplace incredibly scenic, possibly getting driven around by my father-in-law, and I'm going to select the kicker. What are you talking to us for? Well, I, you know, I don't have anything else to do, and I'm enjoying and I'm also the same reason as always. But also, like, I, you know, I didn't really work it out with Jared, and, really and I like doing it. Like, doing this is the sort of thing where, like, once we're done, like, I'm fully going to be in vacation mode except for the final seven picks of my fantasy draft, and that's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, important question for you. Mm-hmm. What is a dumber way that Aroldis Chapman could have ended up on the IL besides new infection on his leg from a tattoo? It's the first time that I really thought that the Yankees were maybe screwed when I heard that, because that is a Mets-ass injury if I had ever seen one. You should not be getting injuries like that if you're on the Yankees, man. Like, that is... It's pretty much the dumbest. Uh, It's also weird because he's, like, he's not on the IL, but he's definitely not pitching. So no one really knows what's wrong with him, and then the idea that, like what he's doing when he's not in the bullpen and not available for even low leverage situations is just getting like an elaborate tattoo of his own face on his calf that then gets infected. Like that just tells me that his, uh, his head's not in the game and that the Yankees maybe are more cursed than I understood. This is actually worse than ringworm with PEDs. Yeah, this is, and that is PEDs, like you're trying to the get gold better. standard for me too. Tatises. Yeah. That, like, that's just, like, because that's the sort of thing where, like, you're embarrassing yourself twice. You know, like, you didn't even cheat properly. Like, you didn't cheat carefully. <laughs> Whereas, like, Chapman, I mean, there's a lot of places you can get tattooed in New York. And I think oh. that somehow that he chose the one where they're just sort of like, actually, you don't need to wash it. That's a common misconception. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, do you find that one? Like, the Bronx has got a lot of problems, but, like, you can for sure get a sanitary tattoo there. Uh, can you uh, give us the best description of your feelings when you watch Daniel Vogelback run the bases? Oh my God! I mean, it's just it's it's giddiness. Like uh, the first time he had uh, in one of his first games with the team, he went first to third on a single, and I was clapping my hands like a little kid that had been handed a lolly. Like I just had <laughs> no idea that I could feel that good watching a baseball game. He's he seems also really to be like. A, a pretty enlightened dude by like Florida born baseball player standards. <laughs> like not, I don't want to know his political beliefs. Like not like that. I mean, like in terms of he's got a good sense of humor about himself. He understands where he fits on the team. Like for a while he was coming up to like Kalisa's milkshake was like his walk up music. 
Like, he definitely gets it, and he gets that it's, like, hilarious that he's as good as he is, but he's, like, he's really good. As long as you don't make him face lefties, he's an extremely useful guy to have on your baseball team. So I'm I'm all in on Vogelback. I hope they have him for next year if they want him. If they want to do the, the two all-beef patties DH platoon with him and Darren Ruff, that's, like, four to $4 million all in or something like that, given that they're going to have to pay DeGrom you know, $1 million more than whatever uh, Max Scherzer is getting. That's going to be very helpful for them. Well, tonight is it. Our teams go at it. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I don't wanna, I'm not in the prediction business. Uh, you don't necessarily want to say uh, pain. I think the Dodgers are entirely too good. Uh, <laughs> for, I, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I mean, like, I... Um, like, are you worried about the Gonsolin thing? Is there yes, like anything yes. there that's really yes. like? How is that weighing on you? It's weighing on me heavily. I, I tell Tyler every day, and we talk about this every day. I think the Dodgers traditionally are the best team between April and September, and then they screw up because of their pitching. And now they yeah. have another guy in the IL. I mean, they're th- they're fifty one games over five hundred, and I have no faith that they can win a playoff series. <laughs> this wow! This is, it's like hearing myself played back to me with some of the team names <laughs> players swapped out. We both need to relax. I think. <laughs> The pitching, the <laughs> so for me, like I get that, and the thing with them, and this is as a person who's gotten nervous about teams that win a lot before. The thing that, in looking at the Dodgers, that's weird to me is that there's like maybe three spots in that lineup where they're used to getting a ton of production, where they're getting very, very little. Mm-hmm. And but at some point, you have to acknowledge that you don't get to 51 games over 500 by accident, right? I mean, they've won like 80 of their last 100 games or something crazy like that. <laughs> like it's not. The sort of thing that is, you know, completely impossible to understand, but it is right. like it's clearly happening enough that you have to acknowledge it. I, but I don't know what the deal is. Like the Gonsolin thing, all, all anybody knows is forearm strain. At this See, point, that's right? when, when you hear that, it's 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 no, not it's always good. bad. It's always yeah. bad. If it's like so, a calf with Verlander, that's one thing. But forearm is never good. I was really worried that I jinxed the Verlander thing. This was like a big breakthrough year for me because I got over the fact that I have no power over the events of the universe <laughs> or what's going to happen in a baseball season. But I wrote a, a nice post about how cool it is that Justin Verlander might win 300 games. And then he went out the next game and uh, struck out six and three innings and limped off. So maybe I'm more powerful than I know, but I need to be careful, I think. Um, all right. When's the last time the Mets went to the postseason? Uh, 2016. Okay. How superstitious are you watching Mets playoff games? I was insanely superstitious before. I actually got broken of a lot of my bad habits. In 2015, when I was working for Vice, I covered the NLCS in the World Series, and I had to be in the press box and try to act like a grown-up. And it was, I mean, I had like Pedro Gomez, the late Pedro Gomez, was sitting in the, the little table next to me. And I wasn't going to act like an idiot in front of Pedro Gomez, right? Like, I've been watching that guy on TV for a long time. But it was very, very hard because I'm naturally an idiot. And also, I was extremely nervous. So I would, you know, take my notes and, you know, look at the stats and try to act like a real writer. And then during every game, I would just go out and just power walk around the stadium one time <laughs> and drink one beer. Which is, <laughs> if you're working at Vice, it's like, that's the most responsible thing you can do. Like, they were actually, like, I should have had, like, my bosses encouraging me to try cocaine at the game or something. But that was not, it was a different, a different version of Vice uh, when I was there. But so that was basically it. Like I haven't had, and then in 2016, they were a bad team. You know, I was just happy they were there. Like so many guys were hurt. Uh, like their best player was by the time they got to the playoffs was a guy named TJ Rivera, who I think took like 50 more major league at bats afterwards. 
So I wasn't at that point. I actually was able to be like just happy to be there. I'm going to be weird uh, in October, though, for sure. Like, um, which I know will come as a surprise to you and your listeners who think of me as America's most normal man. But I, I'd like if this team. I really think good things could happen, and I'd be upset if uh, if they didn't. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, are you like? A, can you like not watch the Dodgers? Like, do you need to have like Ed, your back to the Ed, screen? Please, like, how how weird him. is weird? Oh, Ed, Ed, him, please tell, tell him, him what you do. I, I. I Go a little crazy. I, I stop. <laughs> I stop. If it's going bad, I pause the TV and then I'll fast forward it to hope and, and pray that they like got a man on. Uh, I've been known to throw a lot of things, um, a lot of superstition. <laughs> and this is like in April. Oh, yeah. So, like, this wow. is this yeah. is like in April. No, it's not. You, you will pause it, go watch something else. Yes. And David, the best detail is when he comes back, he'll, fa- he'll, he'll fast forward, but he'll only watch the scoreboard. To see if the little dots yes. get on the bases. Yes. Wow. I don't watch the main TV. I just watch the little scoreboard to see the dots and if the number has changed. So obviously this is like behavior that you should be talking to someone about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like not in this context, like in an office, like with confidentiality. But also like as I hear it, this is the part where I know that it's going to be bad for me in the fall. I'm like, oh, that's actually very clever. Like, cause that way you don't, have, you don't have to see what's happening. Like, you just see the dots, so it doesn't exactly. hurt as much. The dots. Look for the dots. I, yeah. Uh, it's like if you're getting an injection at the doctor and you're like, you like are talking the whole time, you know, because you're trying to like distract yourself yes. from it. But that's like also not how you should. I mean, baseball's supposed to be fun, right? Like, <laughs> that's the ideal way uh, of approaching it. David, what is what is the Mets record since your dishwasher broke? I mean, that goes back. It includes the end of last season, so it's not representative. Okay. You've got, uh, you know, you got like the Walker Locket starts at the end of 2021 <laughs> when like nobody was trying. So that's probably, I would have to go back and check. Uh, it is pretty grim that like it's now been like we're going on a full calendar year since it yeah. broke. And then there was all the processes of trying to get it fixed before. This all started because the place that usually fixed it called me and they were like, yeah, we don't have that part. Like, if they had a touch screen, we would have had nothing to talk about for one year. <laughs> but well, because, they, because they didn't have it, here we are. Well, I'm very fortunate they didn't have that one part. Uh, <laughs> it has kept this relationship strong. We all are, yeah. Keep right. it fresh. All right. David Roth with Defector. David, as always. Watch the dots. We appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> You ruined him, Ed. Now you've given somebody else this crazy idea. Uh, pausing, pausing the game yeah. and then fast-forwarding and looking only at dots in the score. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I don't understand that. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, Ed. You're a disaster. I will, like, if the Astros are playing poorly, I will, like, get on Instagram or TikTok and be like, I'm not paying attention to these bums, but I'm not going to pause it and then fast-forward and watch the dots on the scorecard. <laughs> And make my decision that way as to whether or not it's okay. See, How were you doing watching Kimbrel yesterday? Uh, I turned it on when he walked the last guy before they took him out. Um, and, uh, you know, he, I didn't rip him too much because he was in his second inning. Right. That was so, my main thing. He shut down the ninth. And yeah, then Dave so Roberts throws him back I out I can't there. rip him too much. Okay. Shut down. I mean, they won the game. Whoever that guy is that came in after him was just like, yeah, I'll yeah. strike everybody out. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Base is loaded. I'm just going to strike everybody out. It's fine. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into some NFL because Jimmy Garoppolo staying in San Francisco. We've named the starting quarterback. Uh, Cade McNamara will start the first game. J.J. McCarthy will start the second. And some people have asked, you know, was that, you know, what, how'd you come to that decision? And, you know, was it based on some kind of uh, NFL model? 
No, it's I mean, it's really based based biblical. You know, Solomon. He was known for to being a pretty pretty wise person. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Later in the show, we're going to have tickets to go see Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. Uh, that was Harbaugh talking about his decision at Michigan. Jimmy Harbaugh. Yeah. Woohoo. Killing it with quarterbacks there. Uh, but in the NFL, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo agreed Biblical. to a contract restructure with the 49ers. Garoppolo uh, was supposed to make $25.6 million this year. His cap hit was going to be $26.9 million, and he was going to become a free agent after this season. The restructure has Jimmy Garoppolo making $6 million. So basically lopped 20 million off. He does have some incentives where he could make 10 million more. So basically wow. I would assume if he becomes the starter at some point, I would say he's going to have to play to get those, right? He'll, he could make up to 16 million, but Garoppolo took a $20 million pay cut. I believe none of his deal was guaranteed this year. So like if the 49ers had cut him outright, he would not have gotten any money from the 49ers is the reason Garoppolo would agree to that pay cut. Um, but let me ask you this. What are the chances Garoppolo plays important snaps for the 49ers this season? Uh, I think you're, I don't want him to get hurt, but whether Trey Lance get hurt, but more, more realistic, I think is Trey Lance is ineffective given his lack of playing. And if he loses two or three straight games, I think there'd be some calls for Jimmy G. So that I think is the interesting question there. How long can Trey Lance be bad before they make the change to Jimmy Garoppolo? Two, three games. I think it's longer unless they lose all those games, right? That's if, what I'm saying, though. Yeah, I'm like, saying they lose the games if and they, they start, still think they're a playoff-worthy team. If they start 0-3 and, and Trey Lance has been bad in three games, maybe. I think they could go to Garoppolo. You could say, oh, you got to sit down four. and watch a little. If they start 2-1 and one and Trey Lance oh, is no, bad. Oh, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't right. replace him. So He's that's got the two quarterback part. wins. <laughs> that's the interesting part to me is they're going to have Garoppolo there. And basically, what happens if Trey Lance isn't any good? And here's the thing. Trey Lance is probably going to... If if he played all 17 games, Trey Lance will probably have three or four games where he is spectacular, three or four games where he is a dumpster fire, and then the rest of the games, he's just okay or maybe slightly better than okay. So it's it's very unlikely that it's going to be easy for the 49ers. It's very unlikely that Trey Lance is going to come out and the first three games of the year just be awful, right? And that would make it an obvious choice to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. More than likely, Trey Lance in the first four games will play great in one, horribly in the other, and he'll be okay in the other two. And you'll be like, well, all right, we don't really know what to do from here. So it's it's very unlikely that it's going to be an easy decision because he's probably going to have some wide variance in his performances. So here's the other scenario for Jimmy Garoppolo. How likely is it that he gets traded if a quarterback gets hurt somewhere else in the NFL? Uh, I think it's likely, and even though he has a no-trade clause, if he wants to play, I would accept it. I mean, if you want to be the starter and someone gets hurt and you want to be a starter, then I could see him waving that. So the 49ers, um, take Seattle, for example. I don't think Seattle, I don't think the 49ers are going to trade him to Seattle, right? They're in the division. They don't want to send Garoppolo in the division. But if a quarterback on a good team, a quarterback that thinks they're going to the postseason, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, somebody like that goes down, gets hurt in week one or week two. Right. 
I have to imagine Garoppolo's waving his no yeah. trade clause and going. Oh, to sure, a, to go be the starter yeah, somewhere. Going to a team like the Packers or the Especially Bucks. A good team. Yeah, like those two teams are almost guaranteed to be in the postseason. Yeah. Even if Garoppolo plays 15 games, they're probably no longer really considered Super Bowl contenders. But that's a playoff team, and Garoppolo's got an entire season with a good team to go in and potentially be the guy. And then, because all all this for Jimmy Garoppolo is about this offseason and his contract for next Mm -hmm. year. He's a free agent after this year. He was going to be a free agent even with his current deal. All of this is about what kind of contract he gets next offseason. If he sits on the bench behind Trey Lance for the entire year, doesn't go anywhere, he's not getting much, right? He's getting the Marcus Mariota two years, $18 million deal where only like $5 million is guaranteed or something crazy like that. But if, whether it's Trey Lance going down or being bad or whether he gets traded somewhere um, because they have an injured quarterback or whatever, that's where he could actually make some money. If Jimmy Garoppolo were to play and... And play well. Right, be in the postseason, even if he's just Jimmy Garoppolo that we know him to be... Some team's probably going to give him $20 million right. and say, hey, that guy's been in the playoffs like every year he's been yeah. healthy. He's got yeah. one of the best like quarterback wins. The 49ers have always been good when he's the quarterback. They're usually bad when somebody else is. And hey, he Mullins. Can, he'll probably, yeah, they sucked when Nick Mullins was the quarterback. Uh, well, he beat uh, up the well, Raiders. And yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Threw like he, 70 touchdowns the against Raiders. the Raiders, and then they sucked at every other game. So they're like. That's all. I think that's all this is for Jimmy Garoppolo. What does his next contract look like? And because he's got the no trade clause, he can kind of control it, right? Like if if um, who's a team to like if Carolina, if Baker Mayfield goes down and Carolina's like we want Jimmy Garoppolo now, Jimmy Garoppolo can say I'm not going to Carolina. Poor Sam, poor Sam Darnold. You're, he's already hurt too. Like I'm not going to Carolina. I'm not. I'm right. not going to a team. That's been, but if it's the Packers, if it's the Bucks, if it's whoever. That's going to be in the postseason or should be in the postseason. He Pittsburgh. Can say, Wouldn't you yes. think there's most teams he would go to, though, because of the reason you just said that he's got to be a starter to get money? Yes. I, I think I mean, he's I'll, he's only accepting a trade anywhere if it's like, hey, we lost our starter and we need you. Right. But and, let's say Carolina loses their starter and he feels, I got to be a starter to get my money instead he, of just sitting here as a backup and getting nothing. Because, like you said, if he backs up Lance the entire year, he's not getting a big deal. He's I'll a be backup. honest. I think he might get more money if he doesn't play than if he plays for Carolina. Yeah, he's not good. Because Garoppolo's not good enough to elevate Carolina. He might look really bad if he's in Carolina. 